0: This is Charles Haley. You listen to nothing but nonsense So now they've got to start from deep in their end of the field, and Garrison
1: Hurst takes advantage of it. He takes the handoff, Quick to his right, gets to the 20. He's on the 30, needs a cut in.
0: He comes back up the right sideline, breaks the fourth tackle, comes down to the 30. He's out of the 20, he's out of the 10. he's out of the 5. he's out of the one He's out of the 49 96-yard run from Striller, Garrison Hurst back to throw. In trouble,
1: he's going to be sacked, no, gets away, he runs, gets away again, comes to the 40, gets away again, to the 35, gets back at the 30, to the 20, to the 50, to the 50, to the 50. he dies, right like down 49ers. 7-11, 27 yards. Hit. Third down, Alex takes the snap. Alex looking down, it oh. the... Post. and it's yellow! Oh. Touchdown! Touchdown the <laughs> <laughs> Second down, Ryan takes the snap, goes to play and to the left side.
0: It's Michael's interception. The 49ers pick it, and Navarro Goldman is picked What's going on, Faithfuls? The Nothing But Niners crew is back, and we're here to bring you guys a very fun-filled fantasy football special, guys. We haven't touched on fantasy football the entire offseason, and that's because, for the most part, fantasy football is a long ways away. But I do know a lot of people who are getting their fantasy houses in order, and so I figured... Let us, the Nothing But Niners crew, bring on the best guy that we know in the fantasy football world. And that is our guy Smitty over here, fantasy football. Man, what's going on, bro? How are you today?
1: I'm good, man. I appreciate that that more than uh, undeserving intro. But uh, yeah, man, I'm ready for fantasy football. And uh, yeah, lighten up the traditional cigar. I love it. I love it. Let's go, man. That's It's rock and roll time
0: when you pop the cigar out, like every time oh we're down to business now we're down to business so listen guys i'm going to apologize about a couple of things before we get too much into the show uh one the noise i am outside my mother's house again so you guys know what that means we have to deal with the central air sound uh i i don't know if a herd or a swarm of locusts just passed through but there's a lot of background and ambient noise so i apologize about that um and the other thing is the wi-fi connection i'm not sure how good it is i don't know if we're blotchy to you guys i don't know if the show is coming through clearly. Uh, But you guys got to let me know uh, if it's out there and how it's looking. But make sure you guys go and give my guy Smitty a follow. Okay, you see the website over there, smitty1.com. He's also on Instagram as The Fantasy Football Show, right? I I believe that's the name on. on, Yeah. I finally got it right.
1: Yeah. it's uh, Don't forget the The, and it's YouTube.com slash The Fantasy Football Show, or you can just go to Smitty1 for everything. And then same thing on IG. We're almost at 10 k. So I would appreciate a follow-up, giving away all kinds of stuff at 10K. Um, but, yeah, we're right there, right on the verge. we are like,
0: 200-something followers, you know, short. I like that. I like that. Oh, yeah. 200 is easy, guys. So, listen, faithful yeah. out there. I know a lot of you guys watch this show, and you guys look for us to bring you guys our Niner insight. But we, we got to be honest here. If you watch this show as faithfully as you do, you're probably playing fantasy football also. And I promise mm-hmm. you, this – is the guy to follow, so make sure you guys go to his website smitty1.com and it's going to show you all the different avenues. If you guys aren't on Twitter, yeah, but you're on Instagram, it's there. If you're not on Instagram, it's on Twitter, it is there. So make sure you guys go over there and give him a follow, okay? I'm going to run through our formalities really quick. First and foremost, if this is your first time here on the YouTube page, make sure you guys hit that like and subscribe button and also turn on those notifications. What the like button does is this it allows people who follow similar shows to you. They'll, follow, they'll find our show. It'll pop up in the recommendations. So by you clicking like, you're not doing anything for you. You're actually doing it for us. So as a thank you, uh, I'm going to say it now. We appreciate you guys hitting that like button, okay? Uh, we really, really, really appreciate that. We have a couple of social media platforms, uh, starting with Twitter and Snapchat. That is nothing but 9-E-R-S, okay? So that's where we are on Twitter and Snapchat. We have Facebook, Instagram, as well as Twitch, and that is nothing but but Niners spelled all the way out. No spaces, no underscores, no numbers anywhere in there. And it's just nothing but Niners. Again, I'm your guy, 49 ers Mike underscore NFL. He is Smitty. And we are here to talk some fantasy football. Only, only the NFC West. Now, if other questions seem to come in, my guy is on the, on, on his toes over there. He's always prepared. Mm-hmm. I'm sure Smitty can answer any questions that you guys have for him. Uh, but don't expect me to have many answers or uh, much input right now at this time of the year. So, uh, let's let's start with the basic questions, smitty i'm gonna i'm gonna ask you something that may catch you off guard but you know we keep it real over here we just shoot from the hip um is it too early to be doing fantasy football drafts because i know people who have drafted already i know people who are, have drafts coming up this week um and i'm i'm the person personally i'm the type of person i like to see preseason. i want to know who's going to get cut and who's not what do i look like drafting a guy that i think is, is going to be a steal and he might not even make a roster. I don't know what team he's going to be on. Is it too early to do fantasy drafts? What are your thoughts on that?
1: There's two avenues, two ways to look at this. Number one, no. And, and the reason I say no, you want to draft as early as possible. Not that I'm urging everybody in redraft leagues to draft in January. I'm not saying that. But the earlier you draft, especially if you do a dynasty startup, sometimes people do a dynasty startup in January, February, so that they're in tune with the NFL. And then they could have their rookie draft right after the NFL draft. So believe it or not, dynasty startup drafts actually happen really, really early in the off season. I get people ask me that all the time. Why are you doing content now? Why, you know, we're not drafting till August. And I'm like, Steve, you know, other people do dynasty league, Steve. And, and, and so pe- people just, you know, they assume that everything's redraft. But I will say, even in the redraft context, if you are on your game and you're studying CD lamb right now, and you know CD Lamb's about to do what A.J. Brown and D.K. Metcalf did last year, why would you not want to jump on that ADP early? Why would you not want to take advantage of people that are magazine drafters cramming for their draft last second? I'm all for drafting early, and I actually do a lot of drafts early. My redraft stuff I do in like June, July, August, because I want my followers to watch what I do and be able to apply it to their leagues. So I'm always drafting early but you have a huge, significant advantage. And yes, anybody can get hurt, but if you avoid some of the players that are more likely to get banged up, um, I think you can avoid some of those injuries, but anybody can get struck by a, a preseason ACL tear. Nobody, Not everybody's going to be able to take advantage of CeeDee Lamb, Justin Jefferson, uh, Javante Williams in Denver, who's who's potentially got top 10 running back appeal, but no one's looking at like that right now. So I love drafting early, and I actually recommend that if you're embedded in it early on, it's going to be to your advantage.
0: Now, I noticed that you mentioned dynasty leagues drafting early. Uh, What about the typical PPR? Does the type of of league that you're into, uh, whether it be free, money, small money, big money, whatever, does that make a difference in how soon you prefer? To draft. Let me let me let me ask it that way. So there's a bunch of leagues. I just found out about some some league like uh like Big Dog. It, I don't I don't remember what it was called, but basically uh you just have a roster and it puts in your top two scoring for every position for you, so you don't have to set a lineup. What what is that called again?
1: Best ball. It's like best ball. Uh, best ball drafts. Ball? Yeah. If you yes, best ball. And, and to answer your question, you're much much better off doing an early draft because, like I said, if if CD Lamb who I believe is going to be a top five wide receiver in 2021. I'm not asking anybody to draft him there. I'm not telling you. This is, this is DK Metcalf and A.J. Brown from last year. People were all over the, the hate train with DK Metcalf. There were a lot of believers, but a lot of people in January and February were pushing his ADP down to five, six round range. People have very short memories and they don't realize he was a fifth and sixth rounder in January and February. You are so far better off to jump on your best ball drafts early because you're going to get steals. And they set your lineup for you. So if you're drafting Trey Sermon, who we're going to talk about in a minute, in a best ball draft in January versus a best ball draft in August, you're going to be talking about two, three, four-round difference, especially if he starts looking more likely to get a bulk of carries in week one, which I, I, I know Raj believes is going to happen. I I pretty much am getting on board with that. You're not going to see the same value at all. Javante Williams, rookie for Denver. He's a fifth or sixth round pick right now. If he ends up surpassing Melvin Gordon, Melvin Gordon gets hurt, suspended. He held out of OTAs. There's a lot of doubt circling around the Melvin Gordon situation right now. More than one or two beat writers is suggesting that Javante Williams will not only get a bulk of the carries in week one, but he could start week one. Once that news is out there as, as, as like accepted information, he goes from six, five to, to round three. And so, you you know, best ball, especially.
0: Now, see already my man Smitty has given you guys two sleepers. He's given you guys some good information already, and we haven't even gotten to the meat and potatoes of this episode. So let's go ahead and dive in there, man. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm going to be doing a couple of fantasy leagues. I want you to know, Smitty, hopefully this makes you proud. It's a pay league, and I am the mm-hmm. two years consecutive reigning champ in a pay Attaboy. league that I'm doing. And when I tell you I'm stomping people, in these two years I have a total of three losses. When I tell you I'm stomping people, I'm doing good. Uh, it's a 10- or 11-man league, so there's a lot to choose from, but I'm also not the guy that just makes my draft picks and I sit, I sit by idly. I am playing the waiver wires. I'm trading people. I am active. I'm getting busy. Um, and I do have a strategy, and like I said, two years in a row, I've, I've taken home the gold, man. I've got the trophy and everything for it. Uh, we do a trophy uh, every year and the loser, you know, whoever gets it, you got to ship it to whoever uh, won and you can put a gift inside and everything. I had to send myself a gift last year. It's weird. It's, it, it was weird for me sending myself a gift, you know, instead of sending it to someone else and saying, hey, you beat me or you took the crown. It was like, hey, uh, look in the mirror. You're still that Same guy.
1: So, you you don't trip it. Like you can win one championship throwing darts at a board, but you don't trip and fall into consecutive titles. I'm
0: just going to tell you that right now.
1: So nice work.
0: All right, I like it. So let's get down to the meat and potatoes of it. Uh, Let's start at the quarterback position. Again, guys, we're going to be discussing the NFC West. I will ask some questions about some guys that I really, really like who are um, not in the NFC West, but we'll do that all at the end of the show. I don't know how much time you have, and I don't want to keep you too much longer than you have to be here. But uh, I do want to discuss a couple of things. So uh, let's start with the quarterback position because this is where everyone's going to want to know. There are four quarterbacks. in the, Well, I'm, you know what? I'm going to say it. there's five quarterbacks yep. in the NFC West right now. Um, and I want to know top two of every position in your mind. OK, now I think I have a top two and I think I know who you're going to go with, but I could be wrong. All right. So I'm going to tell you as far as who I think is going to put up the most points in the NFC from a quarterback position. I think it's going to be Russell Wilson and Kyler Murray. Tell me I'm mm-hmm. wrong.
1: No, I mean Kyler's the clear number 1 of of all the the five quarterbacks involved. Um he he's my like it's it's Josh Allen and Mahomes or Mahomes and Josh Allen, that's tier 1 in fantasy football for quarterbacks. Tier 2 is a group of guys and you could put Kyler at 1, you could put Kyler at 3 or 4. You could put Herbert My quiet dark horse, two or three four quarterback for 2021. Herbert could be an MVP candidate. He's going to do big things in 2021. Um, but Kyler, you know, I know it's a different division, but but Kyler, I think, has that three four lock in terms of fantasy football ranking across the board for most people in, in the industry. I think Russell Wilson's very, very undervalued. The difference between their ADPs is significant. You're talking about Russell Wilson looking very much like Aaron Rodgers was last year where people walked in doubting him, uh, dropping his ADP into the 9-10 round range when Aaron Rodgers was literally a top three quarterback. It was one of the biggest steals. I was screaming from the rooftops, Mike, that that A-Rod was not done and people were ridiculous to suggest that at at then 36 years old. The same thing about Russell Wilson – going on right now disrespect through the roof the guy's got top five quarterback potential and you can draft him so much later than you should be getting getting him um I will say Stafford you know he's intriguing he's got weapons great defense but he could have more of a struggle and transition building rapport than people think you don't just you know step right in and everything's completely smooth he's got to build rapport he's got to learn things um, you know, I, I think I think Trey Lance once in the lineup will be outscoring Matthew Stafford and be the the third high scoring quarterback in this division. But yes, Kyler, Russell Wilson, eventually Trey Lance.
0: All right, now KGS has a, com- a comment here. Uh, he says Murray, Wilson, Stafford, Jimmy G, in that order. If you yes. had to put the four, yeah, you agree. Now let me ask you yes. a question here. I've been I've been told by a couple of different people, do not touch a San Francisco quarterback, uh, and if you do, you take him with your very last pick. No, none of your other picks should be wasted on the 49ers quarterback. What are your thoughts on that?
1: Well, I don't I don't draft Jimmy G because he feels like he's on borrowed time. You draft him and then you're going to eventually lose him. Um, in my opinion, uh, Trey Lance is not going to fall to the last round. And in fact, in redraft settings, I don't know how much you've heard about Scott Fishbowl, but it's one of the bigger uh, experts slash fan. Um, There's like 3,000 teams all fighting for one spot. And even though Trey Lance is not yet named the starter, and in a lot of people's mind, I I assume yours as well, he won't start week one. He's still getting drafted in this 2QB Superflex Scott Fishbowl League in an average of round five to round seven in redraft, because it's such a high quarterback scoring league. Um, And a lot of people won't understand that, but that's his ADP across thousands and thousands of of teams. So it's not just one or two leagues, it's thousands of people, like over 3,000, I think, people competing. So the expectation is that Trey Lance is eventually going to get in there. Trey Lance is going to drop massive amounts of points, and be the guy that 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 throws for 20 one or two and runs for 40 and a touchdown. He will be a scoring machine. And I know everybody wants to just translate Jimmy G's production to Trey Lance and say, oh, he might run a little more. The whole the whole offense is going to be different. It's going to be a, even if you run similar stuff, it'll be a completely different uh uh set of circumstances and scoring opportunities and avenues to score. A whole new avenue of scorings opened up for running. And, and and Trey Lance is going to be a different high-volume potential score than Jimmy G. It won't be limited because the Niners run so much. That's what everybody says. The Niners run too much for anybody to ever get fed enough. It'll be different when Trey's in there.
0: Okay. Um, my last quarterback question for you concerning the NFC West is going to be this. I noticed that Stafford seems to be um, hard. the hard three, three. He is in there at three. Uh, amongst everyone I've pulled in this so far uh, and I'm just curious about that because I think 90% of people see Stafford as an upgrade over Jared Goff and Jared Goff probably fell somewhere in the middle of the rankings how come I mean Matt Stafford has got a better wide receiving core as in accumulation than he's ever had he's probably got one of the better running backs in fantasy this year why is Matt Stafford viewed so low and, he, and we know that he's thrown for over 5,000 yards a couple of times he's Thrown 30-plus touchdowns a couple of times. Why are people not giving him the benefit of the doubt coming into the system? Matt Stafford, for what it feels like to me, should have the expectations that uh, Matt Ryan had with his second year with Kyle Shanahan. He should be ready to to blow the doors off the hinges, MVP-type stuff. Why are people looking down on Matt Stafford in this season? I
1: don't know that they are. I think that there's, there's in some cases, some overhype on Matt Stafford. Uh, it depends on what circles you're looking at. Um, I, I think Stafford, a lot of people are excited about him. You've got probably 60% of, I would guess, I'm just making, uh, uh, an estimation here of fantasy football populations are very, very on top of this and love woods, love cup, love the, the, the Rams in general, Stafford's going to do this. He's a great late round, you know, wait on a QB approach. I don't think anybody's in general, like thinking he's going to bust or anything, um, so it depends on your, on the circles you're looking at, but Goff is like not even draftable in fantasy football and he makes Detroit so much worse. They lose Galladay. Uh, that's why I'm so down on Deandre Swift because I feel like they're not going to score. They're not going to move the chains. Um, it's not like you're just replacing production and you're losing, you know, your offense is being dismantled. So, Goff isn't even a a concern or a person I'm even like looking at, even at a 2QB setting. I don't even draft him as a second quarterback. Um, Stafford, I think, in general, is probably ranked about six, seven, or eight overall for quarterbacks. So, that's not that crazy. And when you think about all the quarterbacks that you got to worry about, Russell Wilson, Dak Prescott, all these guys right in that Aaron Rodgers, uh, you know, after the big, the big, the big guys. So, uh, Mahomes, Josh Allen, Kyler, Herbert. Um and you start getting into um uh start getting into that range where you're like six seven eight nine of you know he can't really breach the top five. There's just too big of names to to push anybody out. But six seven eight nine, I think, it's still pretty respectable in a very deep QB pool in 2021. Brady's at eight nine or ten. You know, it's hard to to fit Tom Brady in the top ten.
0: All right, and then KGS says Stafford over Tannehill.
1: Um, that Um, You could argue either, either side of that. I don't think anybody's wrong to like either one over the other. Tannehill just got handed Julio Jones, but they are run heavy. Stafford's going to have two very good weapons. He's never had the, the weapons, as you said, Mike, that he's, you know, it's the best weapons he's ever had. He's been handed, you know, running back, two wide receivers, um, a, a stellar defense. I mean, this is going to be a good opportunity for Stafford. I just think he could have some bumps in the road as he gets, builds rapport with all these players that are brand new to him. Um, Tannehill, he's always played well, but they run so much. I don't know that – I think I probably bank on Stafford, even though some there's some logic to saying Tannehill.
0: Okay, uh, let's move on to a different position. I know you probably think we're going to go to wide receiver next, but I got to go to <clears throat> the position I believe the 49ers are going to have one of the top guys in. That's going to be tight end. Uh, I have to discuss the top two tight ends in the division – uh, of the NFC West right now, um, I I don't know which two I'm going to go with outside of George Kittle. I think George Kittle is probably the best tight end in the NFC West. I don't think anyone's going to question that. But who's that number two guy? And am I hyping up George Kittle and giving him too much time because of the consistent injuries? Uh, maybe George Kittle should not be at the top of your list. Um, how do you feel about that?
1: No, I, I don't I don't think you're overhyped I mean he's injury prone, but per start he's gonna be a top two or three guy. And you know, you've got you've got like um uh Gerald Everett in Seattle, you know, but that's not that's like a late stab at a at a, at a tight end. You're not you're not talking Kittle's Kittle's top. Kittle you could argue, I take him in round three. Some people will argue round two. Um, it just depends on who's left on the board too. But, but Kittle is in a class in that tier one. it's Waller, it's Kittle. Kelsey you could put in in his own little like sub tier in tier one um but it's literally it's literally those three so you're not over hyping uh, uh, Kittle by any means. Um, but e- Everett's interesting um in in Seattle I think he could do pretty well. Um, I don't know that I would expect anything more than uh, I would say, you know, set eight, nine, 10 overall potential value from a fantasy football perspective. Um, and, and Higby, Higby's interesting in, in, in that Rams offense because Stafford loves targeting his tight end. He showed that with Hawkinson, made Hawkinson a star. I um, actually had Hawkinson ranked higher than any analyst in the entire industry, according to Fantasy Pros last year. Um, so I loved Hawkinson coming in in 2020. And I think Higby could be a big benefactor of Stafford, you know, landing in that Rams uniform. So, we'll see what what Higby's gonna be able to do. Who was who was your number two? Who was your number two uh, tight end,
0: Mike? Um, so I was looking at um, what's my guy's name from uh Seattle? What's what's the, what's well, the, what's his name? Well, Everett is the is the
1: potential no. main guy now, but Disley, um, Disley you've got uh, about, yeah.
0: I was, I was thinking about Disley. I was thinking about yeah. Disley, yeah, too. yeah, he could be he could be pretty pretty
1: decent, um, but uh, you know, Everett's looking like the potential one there. But it's kind of a situation that I don't know that I'd stay away from it, but I'm not like chasing after it. You know, there the 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 landing the tight end breakouts kind of one of my specialties um and and last year it was Waller I'd Waller ranked I think third out of all tight ends which was extremely high uh and I had I had Hawkinson ranked fourth uh, instead of chasing that position in round two or three I try and go attack the next guy that's going to potentially have that kind of value Noah Fant has that kind of upside in Denver um Logan Thomas was the number three tight end last year Number three, tight end in fantasy football, and he's getting drafted in round ten or eleven. Um, Robert Tunyon from the Packers, eleven Did you say TDs Amy Thomas was number three. Number three. No one even knows this. No one even knows that, that 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 unless they look at the stats, they're shocked when they do it. Number three and number four was Robert Tunyon with eleven TDs in Green Bay, and people are so freaked out. Respect. Yeah, he was four and and he had 11 TDs and and so these these two guys Tunyon and Thomas they deserve to be much higher ranked than they are and they're going in rounds 9 10 11 12 and then and then Fance going in 7 or 8 and Fant's got that Hawkinson upside he may not have the the um waller potential but he has definitely that TJ Hawkinson type season in him and there's no there's no, there's Arod's playing People need to relax on A-Rod not playing and Tunyon's getting undervalued. Devontae Adams is falling from what was number seven or eight overall in fantasy to now like number 14 or 15 overall. It's getting out of control. There's still a shot that, that A-Rod gets traded. He's coming back. He would have opted out because he would have been paid $18 million to opt out, whereas he gets fined $2 million, loses a $6 million bonus, and starts forfeiting $11 million if he ends up trying to hold out. He's coming back. Is there a chance he gets traded? A small chance, but if of all the teams I imagine him going to, it would be Denver and Fant to the moon, Javante Williams to the moon, Jerry Judy to the moon, if that ends up happening. But don't factor that in. But it's certainly, certainly possible. I do like Goddard, uh KGS. I think he's a fantastic breakout potential. Um, he does get valued pretty high, but if he falls, certainly, you know, jump on jump on Goddard. I think I got you muted.
0: Yeah, sorry about that. I'm fighting with right. the balance of the. I'm fighting with the yeah. balance of the tablet and the comments and everything. <laughs> when you gave me these numbers for the tight end, this is not points per game's total points, right? So yeah,
1: fantasy points.
0: Yeah, so that means that. Uh, let me see. So number one was obviously Travis Kelsey. Number two was Waller. Is that correct?
1: Um, you yeah. know, I can pull it. I could pull it up. But yeah, I mean, it's most likely going to be Waller.
0: Let me see if I can pull up uh uh, I would have range. thought it was Kelsey, Waller, Runyon, Um, and then I probably my brain I don't know man I probably would have thought of Andrews from uh, Baltimore. He 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 was right around
1: five or six I believe but um, oh
0: okay I yeah, can't yeah. believe I didn't think about Logan. Where honestly I'm gonna I'm gonna say something I, should, I probably shouldn't say since we're discussing things. I don't even know what team he's on. Redskins, yeah. Oh my so. God. So he's got
1: he's got you know Fitzpatrick now and and I don't know what what the hate is for Logan Thomas. I mean he he, he had such a good year, um, and, and at, at the ADP there's no reason no reason at all to doubt him at his ADP. Like if you think he's going to get a, you know a dip, he had 670, 72 receptions, which is big. That's a big receiving uh, reception total for a tight end, and six TDs. I don't see any reason why Logan Thomas can't easily duplicate. 72 or about 65 to 70 receptions, maybe get 700 yards instead of 670 and get six, seven, eight TDs. Like, I think it's certainly possible with with Fitzpatrick. And especially, you know, the
0: next well, game, you got to remember that we have 17 right. games this year, also. It's not it's not just 16 here. So, that's it's even more time to uh, do some damage there. Um, yeah. So, let me ask you this question about the 49ers in particular, man. Um, does a starting quarterback make a difference to your in your tight end production? They say a lot of times that uh, for a rookie or a newcomer, uh, the running back and the tight end or favorite weapons. Um, how does this bode for George Kittle? Uh, does George Kittle have a better a better fantasy year if Jimmy G starts 17 games or if Trey Lance starts 17 games? I don't know I'm putting you on the spot here, but how do you have, yeah. how do you see this thing breaking
1: down, man? Uh, I you know I don't feel on the spot, man. I think you and I feel the same way about Jimmy G. You you even said it yourself, Mike, that he put. Kittle in a position to get hurt, or he can put his players in a position to get hurt. I I think Trey Lance has a cannon. I think Trey Lance's ability to run the football is going to open up the pass. I think Shanahan's dreaming about the kind of offense he can have under Trey Lance, and he's not dreaming about the offense he's going to have and eventually give up and turn to Trey Lance's, that offense led by Trey Lance. He knows he's going there. This is why I think people are I think taking too hard line of a stance saying that Jimmy G starting week one, like with certain, everyone's got certainty about it. We don't know. They're not, they have, we haven't even seen enough to know if Jimmy G's on the same level, he's got to prove that he's back to form as well, uh, you know, it, or he's up to a, to a starting potential form. Um, And it, even if Trey Lance is behind him a little bit, if he's behind him a significant amount, I believe they will start Jimmy Jean week one. But just like I, I came on your show and said they're taking Trey Lance, they're not taking Fields, I said that because, and I, I believed it to my core, because I knew Shanahan wanted to do something different, take things in a different direction, be bold with the quarterback position, look at something different that he hasn't looked at before, have a a potential asset that can do what other defenses are doing to the Niners, which is running from a quarterback perspective on the Niners. That is the Niners kryptonite is a running quarterback. And there are two teams in the division, the Seahawks and the Cardinals that have running quarterbacks. Now you have a running quarterback. The longer you wait to to inject Trey Lance in the offense, the longer it's going to take to get the offense that Shanahan truly wants to deploy and if you if you practice with it from from earlier on you're going to have more of it to enjoy it's like a chef in a kitchen if he's not practicing making all of the stuff on the menu and then in week five you ask him to cook all these different meals he's not going to be able to do it you need to get your your chef in the kitchen from day one you know what menu you're going with and you need to do it earlier and i think shanahan's going to surprise a lot of people and also. The biggest point, which has been brought up on your show different times as well through different great comments on this, Trey Lance hasn't played for a year. Do you really want him sitting in another another year and potentially getting stale? Because there's a big risk having him sit a whole two years of football. Um, you know, transitioning from the end from the college game as well. I believe if you can still win the games early on, and I believe you guys can, especially with the schedule. Why not get his feet wet now? Squeak, squeak by a couple wins and have him totally prepared and ready to go when you need him.
0: All right. I like it, man. I got a question for you. One more on the tight ends before we move on here. Uh, one of my sleepers this year, and I, I'm comfortable saying this, guy. I don't plan on playing against anyone who's watching right now. Um, one of my sleepers at the tight end position is Mike Jiseki over in uh, Miami. I don't know how he finished the season last year or anything like that, but I can tell you this, uh, his attributes, his, his physical ability uh, coming out, I liked him a lot more than probably any other tight end in the draft a couple years ago. Uh, is this something that I'm crazy to think? Uh, I think him paired with someone else we'll talk about later. Um, I think Mike Jusecki could have one of those years where he comes out kind of like a, uh, a Darren Waller. I know that sounds crazy because of the numbers that Waller put up, but uh, you gotta you're gonna put Tua back out there, and and Tua's gonna have to uh, he's gonna have to produce now because Fitzpatrick isn't there to alternate with. I think he could rely on his um, acrobatic and athletic tight end a little bit more. So uh, what do you think about that, man? Mike Giusecki from the Miami Dolphins as a sleeper pick and the uh, tight end. Uh you
1: know sleeper pick. If you can get him as a sleeper, sure. He's ranking about nine or ten. So a lot of people do agree with you that he's, you know, in that 10 range. But right, right in front of him are Goddard, Fant, um, Mark Andrews, Hawkinson, Pitts, Waller, Kittle, kind of in that order, Kelsey. So it, it if he's going right around nine or ten for for tight ends, I much rather wait on a Tunyon who's going, you know, at a hundred overall. You know, versus Gasicki going at about 70 to 80 overall. But you're not you're not crazy at all. Like the players we're talking about at 70 and 80, you know, they're not gonna necessarily make they could make a break, but they're not like they're not they're not huge names, you know, that you're passing up on, like if you believe Gasicki's the guy. So don't think you're you're reaching at all. That's that's totally preferable type stuff. Um, you know, what do you prefer? Do you you know who do you think I like Tunyon at 99. <laughs> Logan Thomas at 114 overall is crazy and madness. Higby at 121. Like I said, Stafford's going to target him a lot. Zach Ertz is somebody to keep an eye on right now because he could get traded to Buffalo. Buffalo could use Zach Ertz and turn him into a guy that looks like he's got actually more gas in the tank. Um, as soon as he you know gets injected into probably the number one passing attack in the entire league. One that doesn't have a running game that probably won't lean on the run. The team that's going to throw in the third and fourth quarter when they're up and you're frustrated and you're like, okay, you're getting, you're playing. This is why I love the the the, the Stefan Diggs and Josh Allen stack in 2021 more than any stack in fantasy football. More than Mahomes and Hill. Because this team is going to be the team where you're facing a guy that's got Allen, Josh Allen or Stephon Diggs you're, you're getting clobbered already. You got somebody on Monday night that's going to give you a shot to win, right? And I'm playing Mike, and Mike's got Josh Allen. It's, you know, the four, beginning of the fourth quarter, I'm down by 25, and and Josh Allen's up big. He's still going to score, and he's going to pile it on even more. And before you know it, the game ends, and you're like, I'm down by 40 now. That's the kind of guy Josh Allen's going to be. That's the kind of guy Stefan Diggs is. So that offense is so potent that if, if Ertz gets injected into it, it's going to be, you know – a lot of goodness. Irv Smith's kind of sneaky. Um, but no, man, I I don't I don't blame you for liking Gasicki. He's got upside. I'm not a huge Tua fan, but but you know, I don't blame you.
0: All right. Well, he's not as much of a sleeper as I thought based off of uh, the ADP right now. So I thought I was yeah. getting something sneaky here and I'm, I'm not surprising anybody with that. Okay, I like that. Hey. Uh KGS asked a quick question here on the tight ends. He says, What are the chances uh Pitts gets into that Kelsey Kittle Waller? range this year he'll for sure flirt with it like he'll have cups of coffee
1: in that group here and there rookies and I think he's not a normal rookie everybody says the rookie tight end never translates translates right away this is a different breed and player this is a different type of player that we've never seen before at the tight end position he will be better than anybody's um, pessimistic expectation of him but I believe there are people that are drafting him a little too high. I've seen him in redraft, Mike, go in the third round and, and in quite a few drafts. And that's just that's like that's where you're taking Waller and Kittle and, and, and definitely in the fourth round and a lot of redrafts. And I think you're just setting yourself up for a little bit of disappointment from an inconsistency perspective, just because he's still got a lot to learn. It's not that he's not talented. He will. His talent will shine through and rookies. Rookie tight ends like Hawkinson, his very first game, I believe, was hundred yards and a touchdown. And he didn't just have like an uh, you know, somebody trip and fall and he ran all the way to the end zone and scored a touchdown. He actually looked really good as a rookie in his first game ever. It's possible that Pitts could put together 10 amazing games, be a top four tight end. I I, I certainly believe he can do that. I just don't know that I like where his ADP's headed in redraft, it just feels way too high. Um, and, and, you know, I I think we should pump the brakes a little bit or go after those value grabs we've been talking about.
0: Okay. All right. We're going to transition to the next position group. That's going to be wide receivers in the NFC West. And let me tell you, this is the group that gives me the most apprehension. I'm not sure I want many wide receivers from this division. Uh, as good as the wide receivers are in this division, as good as the quarterbacks are in this division. There's some really, really good corners in this division as well. Uh, I will make no bones about it. I believe Akela Witherspoon is a top 10 corner. Uh, he's fully healthy now. He's had he had his knee cleaned out uh, this season. I don't know if I was allowed to say that, but he had his knee he had his knee cleaned out. He is ready to go out there and ball uh, to return to that top five form that we saw him in um, during the 2019 run to start that season. There, um, you have Ramsey in this division. You have Jason Barrett all of which I believe are top 10 corners in this division. Um, What do you think about the top two? Who do you think they are? The top two wide receivers uh, in this division? And are they on the same team? Is there a chance that the top two wide receivers in the NFC West are both on the same roster? And guys, I'm not talking 49ers either. What do you think about that?
1: No, I, I think it's clear as day Hopkins and D.K., those are my top two wide receivers in, in this division. And not only that, they both have top six or seven overall fantasy football wide receiver potential. Um, so I love Iuk, I love Debo, um, Cooper cup and woods, all, you know, all good, good options, but Hopkins is a disrespected wide receiver. One that has top five upside. He gets double teamed constantly. Um, and and I think Rondell Moore is gonna be a great addition for the Cardinals to help alleviate some of those double teams and, and try and get him like in some jet sweeps and just get him utilized all over the field, which will keep defenses kind of occupied a little more than normal so that Hopkins can can see single coverage once in a while, but Hopkins doesn't care. And and he's gonna produce, I think, top six to seven, maybe one to seven. Like you got to give him that that flexibility to be number one to seven like you can't even say four to seven or four to like he's the wide receivers are so talented in 2021 from the one to eight overall range from from dk or from uh from from adams Diggs uh hill all the way down to mike thomas who's probably the the last wide receiver of that big top tier you know of wide receivers but every single one of them from mike thomas all the way up to adams one could finish seventh and the other could finish one you know DK could be top two uh or he could be seven and it wouldn't surprise me on either end because it's such a deep wide receiver pool AJ Brown Ridley Justin Jefferson's quietly my number one overall wide receiver in fantasy football that you don't draft near number one he's a dark horse number one you get him in a 3.1 in your leagues where you're playing with grandma because she doesn't know what's going on you get Jefferson at three one to three five in a in a in a league full of sharks who know what they're doing. He's going at the bottom of two. Lamb, you're getting at round four with grandma, and you have to take him in round three with guys like Mike who are back to back championships. So, you know, um, I, DK and Hopkins by a mile for me. Are, are, were you thinking the Rams were wide receivers? Is that where you're where you're going?
0: Uh, I'll be honest with you, I was. Um, with with the addition of Matt Stafford, a little bit more precise and consistent uh, passing here, man, it is going to be tough for me to not like uh, the guys like Cooper Cup and Robert Woods, man. You know what I'm saying? Like, those guys are going to come in here, and they're going to be, if nothing else, consistent. Uh, With the wide receiver position, a lot of times uh, you'll see guys double up on one guy and try to remove him from the game plan, and sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. They'll just eat the double team. You can't double both guys on the Rams. And if Matt Stafford is who we think he's going to be, uh, it just comes out as being tough. Um, now, the Niners have Debo and Ayuk, and they're no slouches either. Um, you have Lockett and you have DK uh, in Seattle. Mm-hmm. I mean, Arizona has – you, you mentioned um, two guys in Arizona, and that neither of them are my favorite wide receiver on your team. I like Andy Isabella. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I feel like he, that's, he's over there, right? Yeah. He went there yep. and Campbell went to Washington. Those were two of my favorite wide receivers in that draft. Uh, Isabella went there, and I feel like he's got a ton of untapped potential as well. Um, I mean, this is a really good uh, – the NFC West has a lot of really good wide receivers, but I, I just don't know that I can comfortably say that either Cooper Cup and or uh, Robert Woods aren't going to be the guys this year. Um, but I do have one more question for you about that. The Seahawks Mm -hmm. have the passing game coordinator this year came from the Los Angeles Rams. So he's coming from this Kyle Shanahan and Sean McVay system. He's going to be putting together their run game, I mean their passing game. Do we see an improvement? We know that Seattle, as much as DK Metcalf looked great and everything and Lockett put up points and all that, right? Uh, They were kind of just kind of flying by the seat of whatever Russell Wilson can do. They actually have a guy who's going to come in here and put together some... Uh, scripted plays for that passing attack. Do they take a step forward? Uh, what What are your thoughts on that? Um, there's thought that
1: it'll be a more up tempo type system, is what the the buzzword a lot of people are using about uh, about uh, Waldron's system. Um, but I, you know, I, again, I think uh, I, I think Russell Wilson is just going to deliver. Like the guy doesn't miss games. He's so uh, he's got so much. He's got so many weapons at his disposal. Chris Carson looks ripped and ready to rumble. Um, as we mentioned, there's two tight end options in Disley and Everett. I just think there's a lot of a lot of potential for Russell Wilson to win, you know, not necessarily win leagues, but put you in a real strong position to dominate at the quarterback position by waiting on it and drafting late. I'm a big advocate of of middle round QB drafting, Mike. There are so many people hell bent against taking Josh Allen in round four or taking Kyler in round five or taking Herbert at the late fifth, six, most people in the fantasy football space and in the industry, especially who shove and shovel this information on people over and over to where they just start repeating it and regurgitating it is wait on a QB, wait on a QB. And there's value in that. I just said, Russell Wilson could potentially put you in a position to win your league, but, You can't pass up opportunities to get a guy like Josh Allen at 4.10 when all the other talent around that range is not great. You're just forcing yourself to take a running back or forcing yourself to take a wide receiver because you think you need to get depth and fill everything out perfectly and just balance everything all around. When you're talking about Gaskin, who I I like, but he's not going to win you your league, you're talking about players like that left when Josh Allen who could be the number one not only quarterback in fantasy football but overall scorer in fantasy football? When he's sitting there at four point one zero, and you're passing on Gaskin and and players like uh, Odell Beckham Jr. and and potentially you know, no offense to the Robert Woodson and Cup, but I'm taking Josh Allen because I'm gonna get Jerry Judy in round six or seven who's going to compete with any wide receiver anybody's taken at 4.10 when they're laughing at me taking Josh Allen, and I'll have apples to apples, the better duo than they have. So it comes down to that apples and apples comparison. You cannot listen to anybody, I warn you, that just tells you don't take a quarterback early without context of who's on the board and and what other options you might have.
0: All right. I like it man. I like it a lot. Uh okay. Um so just to be clear here, I was just wondering, I was curious about the uh Rams tandem. Uh I think my top 2 wide receivers in the NFC West this year if I had to put just two names on it, I'm going to go with uh I'm going to go with Hopkins as number 1. And I think I'm going to go with Brandon Ayuk as number two. I know know that sounds blasphemous, and that might seem like a homer pick, um, but I've I've said it a bunch of times on my shows. I've been saying it since we drafted Trey Lance. I think that Jimmy G, if he gets to start, is going to look like Alex Smith did when he was playing with Patrick Mahomes right behind him. He's going to push the ball down the field a little bit more, be a little bit more aggressive, and I think that bodes well for Brandon Ayuk. I think he is the guy that gets beyond the sticks for the 49ers, not Debo, not uh, Jalen Hurd or anything like that. And then when the torch gets passed from Jimmy Garoppolo to Trey Lance, I think it just continues. I think Brandon yeah. Ayuk will not only be one of the top guys, he'll be the most consistent, but I would be a fool to not put DeAndre Hopkins, who is one of my favorite wide receivers in the entire league, uh, at the number one position in the NFC West.
1: Yeah, I don't blame you for – for I, I think – it. ADP wise, you have DK going at 13, 14, 15, 16 overall. You have IU going much, much later. But when you talk about like in a position, Mike, if you believe in IU that much, and I I always tell people, trust your gut. I'm wrong about handfuls of things each year. Every analyst is, and this could be the one that you were right on. And if you don't trust your gut, you're the one that's got to live with that, you know, and then you're mad at me because you were right. And, And so if this is the case, though, what I advise people do, to do is use ADP to your advantage. Iuk's going much, much later, you know, like fifth round for, you know, fifth round a, a lot of times, um, sometimes later. And so your plan of attack should be, OK, I'm going to go running back here instead of DK because I love Gibson. Antonio Gibson sitting here and you take him instead and then you get your wide receiver later to replace, you know, so like that. I'm fine with that. Of course, Hopkins and DK have much higher ADPs and draft capital, um, so I don't, I don't, I don't mind the boldness of that. I think once Trey Lance gets in there, Ayuk's gonna, as you said, it's gonna continue. But I think it's really gonna be the point where he just explodes because Ayuk is such a dangerous downfield threat that I feel like with Jimmy G, you have this like this circle of production that can only take place on the field. Where with Lance, it's completely opened up. You know, you you have the you have the ability to run. You have the ability to stretch the field. I think Kittle is going to find more more catchable balls headed his direction because defenses are like, where the hell is Trey Lance right now? And and so you know, Ayuk's going to only find more success as as Trey gets in there. I think he could be a borderline top ten to twelve wide receiver in twenty twenty one at least once Lance is in there for those games played, and then we'll see what's up for the next year. But I love Ayuk.
0: And like you said, you draft him accordingly. As strong yeah. as I feel about Brandon Ayuk, he would not be one Correct. of my first three picks, one of my first four picks probably. Um depends on how the board falls, obviously, but uh fourth, fifth is probably where I'm gonna grab someone like Brandon Ayuk because I just don't think uh in the league that I'm the champion, the reigning champ, no one's a 49er fan. I don't think that many people are looking for Brandon, I used to come out there like that. So, uh, yeah, just, just he's smart with how you draft. Uh, but we're talking, you know, tops in the NFC West only, not league wide. And so that's why I went there. I had to I his, put that out. His ADP is 5.5. Okay. So, right
1: in the middle of the fifth round. So, like, if you like him enough and you're drafting at 5.1, don't be afraid to reach five picks to make sure you get them. But I would say wait till the fifth round for sure and, and you utilize those running back advantages you'll have by role you know like let's say you went let's say you went Diggs or Adams or Hill in round 1 and i might shock people i told you Justin Jefferson was my dark horse potential number 1 finisher like if you said Smitty, give me the number one wide receiver in 2021 but you can't use a name that's always ranked there you got to you got to go a little bit deeper and pick a guy that no one is expecting you to say it's Justin Jefferson and CeeDee Lamb they have the most potential to surprise everybody and finish as top one to five wide receivers. But my number one wide receiver safe pick is, is Stephon Diggs in 2021. As I mentioned, why is because of that potent offense. He's the definition of consistency. And Josh Allen and him are just getting going. And so let's say you take Allen at pick 10. Uh, I'm sorry, uh, Diggs at pick 10. Diggs or Adams, whoever you, you, you end up picking. Let's say you don't go running back. Given what you like about Iuk, given that Jefferson might be falling to round three, you could always go Gibson or Najee Harris in round two, take Adams, Diggs, Hill, whoever in round one, and then take Jefferson and then you get IUK in round five. You know, that's your wide receiver two because you like him. So, yeah, you can deploy an Iyuk wide receiver two strategy pretty easily if, if he's really, your, you know, the guy you want in your wide receiver two spot.
0: Very good. Very good. All right, my man. You mentioned running backs a couple of times, so it's only right that we get there next. Uh, we're looking for the top two guys in the NFC West here, and I'm going to go first. Um, oh, my God. Uh, my, my mind is blanking, uh, but I'm going with the Rams guys, number one. Uh, Akers? Okay. I'm going, I'm going with Akers, okay. number one. Um, and I I, – all right. To preface this, I have a second-place guy, but I don't have a close second to what I expect mm-hmm. him to be. Okay? Okay. Um, My number two guy is going to surprise a lot of people. I'm I'm still going to ride out with James Conner. I'm going to ride out with James Conner because of what I know uh, Cliff Kingsbury to do with his running backs, especially in the PPR. I I, I have to try this, man. I I just, the Niners, they're going to be running back by committee. I can't trust anything over there. Seattle, those guys just can't stay healthy. I have no idea who Seattle truly feels is their number one guy. Um, And, I, that that's the way I got to go. That's the way I got to go. Um, what, what are your thoughts on the, who are your top two guys in the NFC West at the running back position? Tell me. I'm I think, I mean, I, I think, uh, I think acres has
1: to be the number one. I, I have some concern with acres where he's going, but it doesn't mean I don't see the potential and it doesn't mean I don't like him at a certain value. I feel like he's more like, I like Gibson more than I like Akers, and that 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 goes against the grain. There's, that's not a popular opinion by any means. I like Najee Harris more than I like Akers, but I still understand Akers as second-round value to me. I'm just never going to draft him because I value him – at like the end of round two and his ADP is climbing all the way to 10 overall. And the Rams have proven time and time again, you can't trust him with the running back position. Akers had three different injuries last year, two different foot ankle injuries, one rib injury. He had some injury concerns in college. He has an aggressive rushing style where he puts his own body uh, in, in vulnerable positions. And that was my biggest fear for Akers walking into his rookie year when people were drafting him Kind of in that four-round range, five-round range, expecting him to do what I expect Javante Williams to do, which is start like ten games or more. People expected that and got burned on Acres as a rookie. I don't care how he finished at the end of the, the very end of the year, um, but that doesn't mean he he's clear as day the top running back in this division. Um, Chris Carson might make a case. He's he's ripped. He's coming in, you know, coming in right. But the only thing is, Carson has been known to fumble, not be reliable, and get hurt. There's concern there. Being in very, very good shape is kind of what Aaron Jones did to shake his injury label off. He came in right, came in ripped, came in totally prepared. Nutrition was on point, and Aaron Jones hasn't really been an injury risk since. So Carson's got that potential. I worry with my Cardinals that they won't have the same runner from week to week or we're not gonna. We're not gonna be too sure who's starting. I think Connor has long, like, more potential in like the the later weeks, maybe as he gets to know the system. I think Edmonds has a, an edge up on him. But to be honest with you, I just don't love the the Cardinals' decision to not draft Najee Harris and to go with this this reach of a uh, defensive player Collins that I don't know is gonna you know pan out. And we had the ability to go get Najee Harris and run him the way we ran Drake unsuccessfully, but we pounded the football. And Drake was like in the top five and carries between uh, inside the five-yard line. There was a lot of opportunity. And if the Cardinals had taken Najee Harris, we would have been so scary walking into 2021 with Najee Harris, the way that we could deploy the uh, the running game. I'm not scared. I wouldn't be scared if I were you guys of Connor and Edmonds. I think I think Connor's got potential, but I'm not I'm not really that worried about him. I think uh I think uh I think Sermon's the dark horse here to be like the second best running back in the division, you know, per start once he gets unleashed and 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 utilized. So I think he will he will compete with Carson for being the second best running back in the division once he's in the lineup. When he's in the lineup, we don't know when. Um, but I think Akers will be the clear the clear guy long-winded sorry no no it's it's cool but just to be clear who exactly is your number 2 then um carson but then i have sermon giving him a run for his money once he gets in there but oh. you know end of year stats won't maybe be near carson's because you know we don't know when sermon's going to get in there but i like sermon later like i'd rather avoid carson at his adp and take a wide receiver like cd lamb or justin jefferson or like i said uh, draft uh, one of my other big-time breakouts are guys that would fall around the Carson range. Like Clyde Edwards-Alaire and Carson sometimes go in the same area. J.K. Dobbins and Clyde Edwards-Alaire. I'm sorry, J.K. Dobbins, Clyde Edwards-Alaire go near Carson. So those two running backs I'd much rather have. um I just have a lot of concerns about... Literally, every running back in this division I have some kind of like heavy-duty concern about. And And Sermons, the only concern I have about Sermons is when is he going to get in there? But uh, you know, I, I think acres will probably struggle with some injuries and maybe some, uh, maybe some workload issues that people aren't seeing. He may not, but I would price him accordingly to account for some of that, and people aren't. People are taking acres at 10 overall, and I'm just not about that. I'd rather have digs in a heartbeat over acres.
0: So let me ask you this question then, man. Um, would it change your mind? If I told you, I think Sermon will get more carries week one than Raheem Mostert. Um,
1: I you know outlook on it. Oh, if I knew that to be the case, I mean, he could be the number two. Sermon could easily, if Sermon's getting the volume. I mean, we saw it with Zach Wilson. Like he's he's not the best running back in the whole world, but he plays like an elite running back in that system um, and can produce top five to 10 running back numbers. So Sermon, if he gets that volume that you think he could get, Raj seems to think Dr. Raj seems to think he could get, uh, you know, starter volume. He may not be coined the starter, but like 12, 13, 14, 15 carries in that system. And he could easily outscore Carson at that volume, whether people want to hear it or not, he could. Uh, but yeah, it's about if, and, you know, not so much when,
0: I'll be to be completely transparent. The only reason I'm asking that question is because I think I think Raheem Mostert gets more yards per game, but I think Sermon gets more carries. I don't I, I don't see Sermon as the guy to break off the 30-plus yard carries as often as uh, Raheem Mostert. I think Mostert will be limited between 12 and 17 carries a game, uh, but on those games that is 12, here comes Sermon. With you know 15, 16 carries, but maybe not the yards per carry. However, in the goal line situations or in the mm-hmm. red zone, that's sermon territory in my yeah. opinion, not a speed guy like Raheem Mostert, and so it's going to be rough. I mean, it's really tough. I'll be honest with you, I'm not really comfortable drafting a 49ers running back at any point, point. and I'm not saying I won't get one. If if, if Raheem Mostert is sitting there, and you know six, seven, eight, I'm probably going after someone like him. Um, sermon the same, but I, there's no way that they're they're one of those guys coming off for me, for me in the so, you know, fourth, fifth round.
1: So context though should matter here with this too because it, it it depends on what league you're into, right? Like if you have somebody that if you got a bunch of Niner fans or people that live in in California, <laughs> you're gonna probably see him go at a the ADP where you're right. You're probably gonna avoid a Niner running back altogether. But in general. The good news, though, is that Sermon's ADP is 93 overall in redraft, and that puts them behind – so you got Connor and Ronald Jones and Drake and guys like that. But literally, right where Sermon is, every running back after Sermon is Zach Moss, Devin Singletary, um, Damian Harris, A.J. Dillon's a backup, Naheem Hines, Gus Edwards is a backup, Tony Pollard, Todd Gurley's not even playing – Gainwell, Well, like when you think about it, that's a very low risk, uh, you know, territory. So I agree with you if he goes too high, because you don't know what you're getting and when you're getting it. But if he falls to these ranges, there's, there's no question. He's the best running back available with those names. So it just kind of depends on, on, you know, what we're looking at. Um, but, but sermon, my, one of my favorite strategies, Mike in 2021 is to go heavy, you know, with one of the running backs, like either Gibson, or if you have a a high first rounder and you got McCaffrey, let's use it. Let's use the 1.1 as an example. You've got the 1.1, you take Christian McCaffrey. I don't know, seven times out of 10, I'm going wide receiver, wide receiver, and then potentially going Josh Allen in the fourth round before I even get to my, my running back two, my running back two. So with that 1.1, it's McCaffrey, wide receiver, wide receiver, Josh Allen, and then I approach my running back two in that next round in like round five or six. I'll put, I'll platoon a Javante Williams with Trey Sermon, with Michael Carter, maybe Mike Davis and Trey Sermon and, 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 uh, Javante Williams. If I platoon a group of those guys as my running back two, I'm going to get top 12 running back numbers out of one of them and, and I'm going to have a, a good problem on my hands. And I'm going to beef up every other position because I took a risk at one. I'd rather take a risk at my running back two than any other position in fantasy football because there's so many Pollards and Sermons and, and guys like that Mike Davis that fall. You're far better off grabbing one of those guys versus like a Chris Carson, in my opinion, and using that Chris Carson pick to take one of those wide receivers that could finish number one at the wide receiver position because where Chris Carson's going, there's still one or two of those wide receivers that fall in that one to seven that where any one of the wide receivers could finish as the number one overall player. So Mike Thomas, as an example, um, Justin Jefferson, as another example, either one could be the number one wide receiver in fantasy football. So that's kind of my take on, on, on the, the running back two in general and, and why I do actually like sermon coupled with two or three other
0: running backs. I like it. I like it, man. You got a question here for you, uh, Clyde, uh, Hilaire, or Carson? This is a question Clyde. for Clyde here. Clyde by, yeah, by a lot. I, I think
1: I I think Clyde got. I'm sorry. Go ahead. You want to talk on Clyde?
0: No, no. I was going to say I, I agree there. I wasn't even. I didn't even hesitate on that. I, I agree with you uh, from the gate there. You're absolutely right.
1: Yeah, Clyde got disrespected last year, and for good reason. He didn't deliver what we had all. We all had hoped he would deliver, which was, you know, top 10 overall player numbers. But they, everyone was worried about Damian Williams coming back after his opt-out season last year. Oh, Damian's still there. Then they cut him. Like this team, especially Andy Reid, especially Veach, they believe in Clyde more than they believed in in anybody at the running back position for a long, long time. And Andy Reid has said he's that Clyde Edwards-Alaire is better than Brian Westbrook. It came from his own mouth. Uh, whether anybody wants to agree with it or not, especially after a disappointing year, people aren't going to agree with it. But Clyde Edwards-Alaire is in a phenomenal system that I think everybody's going to assume won't run the ball because they had troubles last year with it. And the rookies didn't learn pass protection because of the pandemic None of these rookies were back there with good pass protection skills. A lot of them were removed from the field during passing situations across the board because rookies didn't get uh, tested early on and get the knowledge they needed to pass protect in their offenses. So Clyde's going to have a whole year under his belt. They never benched him. He was the starter all year. He did really well in a lot of different categories. He just didn't get the football via the air. And I think that people assuming they won't pass a lot or they won't run a lot in 2021, they had a makeshift situation where they're trying to to piece their line together and they revamped it. They can get back to business. Kansas City does like to run and pass. And in games where they do decide to abandon the run, it's going to be different this year because that abandoning the run and going toward a pass-heavy uh, plan of attack for an entire game will include Clyde Edwards-Alaire in 2021. Clyde is Clyde is one of the best value grabs in all of 2021 because everything is baked into, baked into his value. All the risk is baked right in. No one's asking you to pay a top 10 run, running back or top 10 overall value on Clyde. You're having to pay 3.5 ADP, sometimes a little later, sometimes a touch earlier. But as your third drafted player, if he disappoints, in the PPR game, he still earns your value. That's what you want to say about every single draft selection you make. If he disappoints, can he still earn my value back? And if the answer is yes, you're taking a high upside guy, a very low risk guy.
0: Oh, All right. I like it, man. I like it. And people seem to agree with you there in the chat as well. Uh, you know, I'm going to, we got two positions left here and, Uh, They're not they're not any more skill positions here, Um, but we have to discuss the uh, kickers as well as the defenses here. So I want to start with the kickers. uh, And here's a little confession to you guys. I told you guys that in two years of the uh, of the of the seasons that I've won the championship in, I have three losses. Two of those games out of those three, my kicker had single digit points, single digit points. Okay. so I think the, the kicker is a is a very uh underrated position and what i would do for those games is i would find uh, i I I probably shouldn't be saying this my kicker changed from week to week i'll be honest with you maybe sometimes i would keep a kicker for two or three weeks but for the most part i'm playing the waiver wires i'm looking for good offenses going up against really really good defenses i want to find teams that are going to stall in the red zone more often than not and so uh with that being said if i'm looking at the nfc west here And I have to find uh, the top two kickers. Number one on my list is going to be the 49ers. Uh, Jimmy G has his limitations, and we have a rookie quarterback also. I'm going to have to go with the 49ers having the top kicker here. He's also the oldest guy in the NFL, if I'm not mistaken, at the position anymore. Uh, So you have the veteran kicker. The Niners also don't attempt kicks often uh, from uh, 50 or or longer. Uh, Most of their kicks last year came from 40 or less. And so they were pretty much gimmies, uh, but damn it if uh, he wasn't consistent. So I'm going to have to go with the 49ers having the best kicker here with, um, oh, man, I almost said Phil Dawson with Robbie Gold. All right. Um, And then my second team, my second team is going to be in the NFC West. Uh, I might be leaning towards. I'm going to I'm actually I'm going to go with the Cardinals kicker. I'm going to go with the Cardinals kicker for. The number two one, uh, again, I'm looking for offenses that are likely to move the ball, get some uh, chunk yardage um, in between the, you know, the 20s, and then kind of stall out. And I'm going to go with the Cardinals as the second team here. What are your two top teams in the NFC West uh, for the kicker position?
1: Um, You know, it's, it's, it's this position is always so bland. You know what I mean? Like, I always make people uh, – I don't know if you can hear this, but when people ask me a, a, a kicker question – um, I usually I usually play this for him. Let me see if I can ramp it up. Uh, it won't it won't play. It it tells him to take a lap. I, I make people take laps on my show, and it, but 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 kickers. I mean, these guys are all pretty much like outside the top five consensus, so it's kind of hit and miss with it. I mean, Prater, um, uh, 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 Matt Gay, and then also. Um, uh Myers I don't I don't know that any of them are really like separating themselves for me I, I think gold's probably the the best option I I think I think when you look at a kicker you want to have a high a high scoring offense so if it's again it comes down to Trey Lance if Trey Lance is in there I think the the points go up you know for the Niners in general so I kind of like that situation until then maybe maybe that that Arizona offense is probably gonna I think be something I would I would. uh I would factor in the fact that they're going to score a lot I think um and potentially have a lot of a lot of early field goals and and struggles with Kyler still trying to like if they would have drafted if they would have drafted Najee Harris they would have run the ball so effectively that they would have been such a scary offense to figure out and I think that uh I think that you have I think that you have uh you have now a situation where the Cardinals are going to attempt more field goals because they didn't draft and solidify a workhorse running back one guy that they could count on to move the chain so i think there'll be a lot more field goal attempts for the cardinals than i would like and so Prater's going to be an option there at that one spot but i think gold and prater probably are the two top spots
0: now come on man you I, come on smitty man i don't know if you don't have kickers in your leagues or not but kickers count i've won a couple of games off the legs of kickers i've done um you know, I even used to do the uh, like the DraftKings where you, you know, just you know, you got your monies and you you know you gotta spend it on each position group. And you get a kicker who comes up with you know a 13 to, to 15 point game, you're in you're in the books, you're, you're golden there, man. Kickers yeah. can a break and win some games for you, bro. Like you're you downplaying the position, but it's a really, really good one, man. What's up
1: with that? Uh so you're right, it could definitely swing a game, but I think a lot of people in in when they look at it from a skill pers- per- perspective. The kicking game is one that is hardest to actually tie a skill to it. It's There's a lot of randomness to it. There's a lot of you know, um, uh, t- times where a, a team wins a game because of their kickter, kicker and they had no idea what they were doing. So I think that's probably why in general kickers have been kind of – people have tried to nudge the kicker out of the fantasy football game, and it's kind of working. I would say half of my leagues we don't have a kicker, and half of the leagues we do have a kicker. And it's because of that. it takes a little bit of that that randomness out. But you know what? I'll admit the games where I do have a kicker, it is kind of fun when when it comes down to you know like a couple field goals or something that you need. So I, I like both I like both uh, approaches, but kickers, definitely not the fun, exciting content. I guess that's more of more so what I meant is because I've got a live pop and live stream. People are like Clyde ever is or JK Dobbins. I'm making people, you know, I'm screaming at people left and right on my live stream. And somebody goes, what kicker should I start this week? And it's like, the whole thing just falls flat. The views go down. People want to leave. And it's just like, that's why I, I avoid it probably more than anything. It's about people don't care. <laughs> it's not so much about me.
0: I feel you on that, man. I, I definitely, definitely do, man. You know, um, You know, and and the the last thing I'll say this about kickers is that uh, I never pay attention to names. I want to know what team they're on. Yeah. Okay. it's not about I don't care if you're a veteran. I don't care if you're a rookie. If you're on the roster, they expect you to do your job. And so I'm looking at opportunities presented each week, not. The name of a kicker. I'm never going to sit there and say, oh, this guy completes 99% of his kicks, so I'm going to go out and get him. I'm not one of those guys that just runs to get Justin Tucker right away because he's been the most consistent kicker over the last six or seven seasons. I don't give a damn about that. I want to know which teams are going to stall and not get it, and I am going to get that team's kicker. That's it. It's not about the names at all. I don't care if he's injured or not. I'm going to get that team's kicker, and I'm going to trust my gut on that. Uh, It's one of those gut things that we were talking about earlier. Uh, you know, when we were talking about the wide receiver position, my my take on Brandon Ayuk. So um, you wanted to jump in there, though. Go ahead. You can jump in. I, I saw you wanted to say something there. Oh, I was going
1: to say the, the views that drop when you start talking about kickers on my live stream is similar to the views dropping when I started talking about the Cardinals in, in your guys' live stream when you're talking Niners. It's
0: just like... <laughs> Absolutely, And I understand that guys are looking for, you know, sleeper wide receivers and running back. So I, I completely understand how it's not a sexy position. You know what I'm saying? It's not a sexy position at all, but I, I completely understand it. And last but not least is going to be the uh, defense slash special teams. And this yeah. is big for me because I am the worst person at looking at the rules before I start a league um special teams especially return yards return touchdowns uh sacks points scored I played in one league all my years doing fantasy I played in a league where pick sixes did not count against the opposing defense one league in all my years and of all the different fantasy leagues I played in they did not count defensive points scored against your defense I didn't even know that was an option or a setting in fantasy football until it happened because uh, mm-hmm. I remember we were playing the, it was week one of the years, Tampa Bay in 2019. The 49ers had two pick sixes, okay? Now, luckily, I wasn't going up against Tampa's defense or anything like that, but I, I saw the final score. I think the Niners scored in the 30s, um, and the, 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 the Tampa Bay's defense still had a decent amount of points. And I'm like, what the hell happened here? How come they weren't penalized for that? And they said, yeah, because two of the team's touchdowns, 14 points, came from the offense letting those points up. Uh, so I thought that was very interesting. It uh, yeah. didn't count against them. Have you ever heard of something like that? Is that normal? Yeah. Is that a setting that uh, the the league manager has to go in and put on, or what?
1: Yeah, I don't think that's normal. I've heard of it. I've heard of all kinds of different things, but like I don't like those kinds of of things. And, and to be honest with you, man, I don't like when people mess with traditional, like a little bit. But when they mess with traditional scoring, all you're doing is setting up everybody for not being able to find the right content providers for you that can give you like advice like when you have some weird league where tight ends get 2.5 rece- points per reception and then you you give 0.5 uh points for each carry that you get and you start messing with all your scoring to make it unique and different you end up not being able to find any content that's going to help you with your league. So why even go in that direction? Why go in a direction? that's just like totally out of the norm. Like I get doing something exciting or whatever, or trying to devalue quarterback a little bit. And so you do maybe PPR. And that was, that was a transition for a while. I'm old in the industry. I've been doing this 19 years professionally. And I was in it when PPR was not a thing. And that got pushed on the industry. And it was hard to accept it when it actually happened. I didn't love PPR at first. Now it's all I do. So there's, transition and change in the industry but i don't understand some of these scoring things
0: now i do understand what you're saying and you know i've played in and games where there was bonus points touchdowns for 30 yards or more you got an extra two points 50 yards or more you got an extra four points it was just weird seeing stuff like that take place and you know i'm like this guy only had three receptions for 85 yards but one of them was a 70 yard touchdown it's like yeah why does he have 12 points like what the hell happened here you know right and so I see stuff like that, and I, I scratch my head, and you got to go back and look at the points and the settings. And I, like I said, I am the last person to ever go back and do that kind of stuff. I basically ask, is it PPR or not? Uh, that's why I asked you about this uh, baller league or whatever it was called, uh, because I am doing yeah. one this season. Um, but uh, you don't think that the norm should be? Like, I kind of like – I'm not going to lie. Like I said, it only happened to me once. But I kind of like the defense not being penalized for a pick six. The defense didn't let up those points or the special teams didn't let up those points. So why shouldn't it be a pick six? If I, if the Niners are on offense and they throw a pick six, why should the Niners defense be penalized for that? I I'm not going to lie. Only happened once. Like I said, in all my years of playing leagues, but I kind of like that rule. Like they didn't let those points up. So why should they be penalized for that?
1: Yeah, I don't, I don't like, I don't like that. Um, If it, if it, I don't like getting scored against when your position didn't even do anything. So like, I agree with you. I agree with you. I I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't be opposed to to leaving that out. (laughs) Um, you, I'm assuming you think the Niners are the toughest defense in the division. We haven't gotten to the the, the ranking yet, but who, 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 how do you have them
0: ranked? Uh, yeah. So for the top two defenses, I'm going to go with, uh, let me think here. Let me, let me think long and hard about this. Um, I'm gonna go with the as far as fantasy goes. I'm gonna go with the Rams number one. I agree. And then the Niners number two. That mm-hmm. those are gonna be my rankings. and um, and just to justify it a little bit, uh, I don't think the Niners have the best secondary. I think that corner corner position number two is gonna get picked on a lot and often. Uh, however, mm-hmm. I think our defensive line is gonna get more sacks than people expect this year. Um, that they're they're all healthy right now. Uh, you're getting Bosa back in the mix. Um, and you're also from what I'm hearing, D Ford is looking like he's going to be a go when the season comes. I don't know if people know this or not. I don't know if I'm uh, breaking any news or anything like that here, but from what I'm hearing D Oh, I fell. uh from what I'm hearing D Ford is going to be a go for the 49ers this year. Uh, if you get Ford, Bosa and then we also picked up the the Rams um, outside linebacker and uh Samson Ekubam uh, to also take the place of Ford if he's not ready to go, that is a hell of a pass rush. And I know I'm, I'm not even talking about Javon Kinlaw. I'm not even talking about Eric Armstead yet. I'm not talking about Kevin Givens. That Niners defensive line is going to be everything you wanted to be and more. So I think the sacks are going to come in there, um, and that's also going to turn into some interceptions because you're going to have long down in and down out. So I like what I'm seeing from the 49ers. I'm going to go Rams number one but the 49ers a close number 2 as far as fantasy goes as far as fantasy
1: goes yeah 100% agree with that take and and then you've got Seattle and Arizona much further down it's not even like where they are you know it's kind of like uh, i would say on average i think the consensus is is like 17 18 for Seattle and 21 22 23 overall in terms of fantasy ranking for the Cardinals, I do believe the Cardinals are going to be undervalued, and I will, I will say that I feel like they're a sleeper defense in twenty twenty one. For those people looking for you know uh uh you know defense in in the last round or two, and and like the top ten defenses are gone, and you waited on a defense, they've got some potential. They've added some pieces, and I think they could do some some damage on defense this year and be better than a lot of the teams ranked ahead of them cuz they're ranked so low consensus wise. So, I think the Cardinals could finish much much higher than the Seattle Seahawks. I think the Cardinals could be above middle of the pack, not top 10, but like, you know, 13, 14, 15 overall for for defenses in 2021, but it's it's the Rams at 1 or 2 and the Niners probably at 3 or 4 or 5 overall. So, I would, I would say Rams and Niners pretty pretty I agree with you.
0: All right, uh, that's really going to be it. Um, my random questions for you that I said I had at the end of the show here are going to be about uh, a Dolphins wide receiver, and this is my favorite receiver in this draft. It's Jalen Waddle, man. Uh, him going over there, I know I talked about Mike Jusecki earlier. I think he's going to be a major, major sleeper. Uh, he's going to be somebody that can go out there and get the deep ball. He can do the short passes and take it to the house, and he's also going to be stellar in the scramble drills when you have a, a young um, when you have a young quarterback like um, Tua, Tua. Tua. Uh, running around back there, you know the scramble drill is going to become a major part of that uh, of what they do there. Uh, I really, really think Waddle could be a sleeper. What are your thoughts on him? Where is he? What's this, what's his ADP right now? And then tell me if you think that ADP actually lines up with where you think or where I think he's going to be uh, falling in line here because. I'm, I'm going to be completely honest with you, man. The the Dolphins are taking some steps forward. They're going in the right direction. They had two draft picks that I really, really liked in the last couple of years on the offensive side of the ball. And they're doing what they need to do to take care of a young quarterback who's going to come in here and step into the fray here. Uh, what what What's your thoughts on uh, Waddle, Jalen Waddle?
1: So I don't think you're wrong in terms of like liking him and the impact he could have. And for, you know, we, I think we probably, you know, obviously you know what you're doing. You're winning championships over there. Uh, but, but, but I think, I come from only a fantasy football and production, production standpoint. Um, I think he's going to be a good football player for the the Dolphins, but I it all comes down to Tua for me. And I don't know that Tua is going to produce enough for him to have a big rookie year, um, at least to the degree that Chase is about to have, you know, or, or, or Pitts, where they're going to be force-fed. I just don't know if Waddle's going to see that consistency that will make him that good as a rookie. But long-term, especially if they, you know, look at, look at Arizona. We had Rosen starting one year, just drafted him his second year. We replace him with Kyler Murray. I'm not saying Tua will be replaced. I'm not saying Tua will fail, but I think that situations can change. AJ Brown looked like an awful situation before Tannehill quickly emerged as a decent quarterback. And so Waddle, I don't want to say anything long-term about Waddle. I just think as a rookie, he's ranked, so Jamar Chase is ranked number 69 overall as wide receiver 28. Uh, and Waddle is ranked 106 overall at wide receiver 43. And that's that's right below guys like um, Jerry Judy and uh, Brandon Cooks and, and Debo Samuel and Devontae Smith, another rookie. And I think that's appropriate. I think I probably even rank them a little bit lower than that, but but wide receiver – you know, uh 43. You know, that's not that's not crazy. Antonio Brown's right around that range. So could Waddle out score to Antonio Brown? Sure. Like I could see it happening. I just don't know that he's gonna be near as good as Devontae Smith and Jamar Chase for the now, and and I, and in my opinion, definitely not for the long term, but that doesn't mean he's not gonna be a good wide receiver, like he's he's a good talent, he's just he's got a disadvantage because Miami's not Cincy, Miami is not Philly. Now Philly could fall apart too. But currently, I project Hurts to be a really good quarterback and deliver the football to Devontae Smith. But that could fall apart, too. So, you know, Jamar Chase feels like he's – like, Jamar Chase could be a high-end wide receiver, too, in fantasy and
0: redraft. Like, he really could have that big of a year. I'm going to let you go here soon, Smitty. I got one more wide receiver I have to ask you about because my gut just won't let me get you off the air. I could have texted this, but I choose to do this in front of everybody. Yes. Uh, I have to ask you about my guy, Terry McLaurin. Uh, he has been one of my favorite guys from college all the way to now uh, in the pros, and I feel like he's looking for a little bit of consistency, and we know that he's got a little bit of an upgrade at the quarterback position here. I don't know how consistent that upgrade is going to be, but um, what are you thinking about Terry McLaurin? What's his ADP, and can he take that next step, And if, if there's much of a next step for him to take even? Uh, what what do you think about that guy?
1: He's priced perfectly. Um, he's going in between Allen Robinson and uh, Keenan Allen above him, and then below him, Julio, Mike Evans, Adam Thielen, um, CD Lamb. I love CD Lamb more than him. I'll take CD Lamb all day over him. But that's he's hidden. He's you know don't tell anybody, Mike. Don't tell anybody that I like CD Lamb that much. Um, but yeah, McLaurin. McLaurin is is right there. He has wide receiver one potential in fantasy, not just high end wide receiver two. He has high end or you know at least low end wide receiver one potential, high end wide receiver two potential, and and he's the kind of guy that probably can survive even through some fluctuation at the quarterback spot. Like he's that good. He's hard to guard. Um, he's hard to contain. Uh, uh, and he's, he's slippery. He's like a Steve Smith in a way. You know, so I, I think he'll survive no matter what. And maybe Heineke, if it's only lasts, if Fitzpatrick only lasts 10, 11 games, maybe Heineke comes in and they have a good connection. And, 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 you know, who knows? But I do like him a lot. I think he could be an excellent wide receiver, too. I don't know that I draft him as my wide receiver one, but you don't have to because he's going at 40, 45, 43, 48, um, which is, you know, pretty deep. So I love him. Great, great value. Super talented guy. Potential Steve Smith numbers, you know, for his career.
0: All right, man, and I know I don't I know you don't do a lot of shows with us here on the YouTube channel But what we always do is final thoughts. It can be about the subject of the show uh, It could be about anything you can tell, you know, send out a good message into the universe uh, You can do some self-promotion here Whatever it is that you want to say uh, the final thoughts here so we can wrap up the show I always give it to everybody and I go last uh, If there's anything that you want to leave the viewers with anyone who's going to go back and watch this uh, What do you want people to know and uh, let's get ready to go home, man?
1: Yeah. Um, I guess promotion wise I would just say that all my content you can get at smitty one I put it all in one place so because I got a lot of things going I got my I've got two phones man I got I got my personal phone and I've got a work phone where uh, people actually text me advice and, and you can order that at HeySmitty.com, which is right here heysmittycom uh, and if you order that you can get custom one-on-one advice help you with your draft um, that's probably one of the biggest things I've got going on right now um, but Man, I don't know. I just want to tell people to trust their gut. Use analysts like me when you're on the fence about something. Don't let any, even me talk you out of drafting uh, an Acres or staying away from uh, this player or that player. And if you feel uneasy about a player like CeeDee Lamb, you don't have to listen to me, but make sure you trust your gut because you're the one that's got to play with your team on Sundays. And, and I just say, man, I'm, I'm live all the time. You guys are live all the time. If anybody want to catch wants to catch my Tuesday and Thursday show, I'm live every Tuesday and Thursday at 5 p.m. Eastern. And and Mike, you got to come on. Can you come on? If it's not this Tuesday or next Thursday, are you free at all during that 5 p.m. Eastern time frame, or even even the seven, like right before 7 p.m. Eastern?
0: Yeah. So here here's the rough thing for me is that uh, my job, I don't, I'm not supposed to clock out until 5:30. But because I'm in the okay. medical field and I deal with, um, you know, hospice patients and things like that, my hours are not set. But I tell you what, man, you send me the links and if I'm available to join, I 100 percent will. You don't have to even give me a heads up. You send them to me however you want. And I will make sure that as soon as I'm available, I will jump on and I will let you know when you send me the links. I'll respond to you and I'll say, hey, man, looks like I might be able to make it tonight or, hey, man, I probably join at five thirty. Um, my, my job, we're finally fully staffed. So me punching out at five thirty is a real possibility. Uh, sometimes if I can work through lunch, I can go home at five. And uh, I'll I'll jump right on with you, man. I have no problem at all hey, doing that. I love talking football, I, man.
1: I'm gonna make oh you my guys. God. I, I want to make on. you guys one of these cu- these custom hats that I make. Um, this is for Raj. I made this for Raji boy. So trade to the Bay, uh, Kittle. It's uh it, it's uh, a custom Smitty custom. Um, I'll make you guys a hat. I'll put your I'll put your logo uh, on it. You know, so that you can have that on top. Like I, for example, like this is mine. Um. It's got my logo, my headphone logo, and then I've got uh, you know like Lamb. Um, this is what I made for somebody that's actually a cowboy, cowboy fan. But uh, yeah, I'll I'll make you one of those. I, I have custom stuff, custom gear. I'm I'm getting my shirt line going, so I'll I'll make you guys some stuff that sent it your way so you can sport one. This is my. Skinny. This is this is my. Uh, see, I got Justin Jefferson, C.D. Lamb. I put people sleepers all over. You can have your old team decked out on there. So, um, people can find all that at Smitty one too.
0: I am feeling that. And it's a fitted too. I got to find, is this a one size fits most, or is this like a real fitted where I can pick the size?
1: Um, I, I, have, it'll be a, the fitted hats from the flex fit that I use are small, medium. That's one size or large XL as one size. So there's two sizes. So you got to pick, you know,
0: so I got I got a large head over here, man. I was wearing a fitted eight and a half before I got the locks. So I'm gonna definitely need that XL. Uh, I don't know if they can do a special order for XXL. Since yeah. I've had locks, I haven't been able to wear a fitted man anymore, man. You know, I've been looking for some. So I might
1: be able to get you. I've got one of these ones that are, are uh pretty big here that I could I could find. So I'll I'll figure that out. I'll make sure to make yours extra big. Yeah, for that, please, for that please make some that big big brain you got in there and that noggin.
0: Yeah. Maybe. Don't tell my wife he said that, though. But, you know, uh, any anything extra large or extra, extra large, I'm for it. I love to support people. So send me that information. I'll definitely be putting in some orders with you, man. I absolutely love it. Um, So, yeah, I'm looking forward to it, man. And like I said, shoot me those links. I'll definitely jump on the show with you this week. Uh, I have no yeah. problem doing that. Um, and my final thoughts are going to be this. People continue to be kind to one another. Uh, there's a lot of negative stuff going on in the world. Don't dwell on it. Hear about it. Put your positive vibes into the universe against those negative things. And then you see over my uh, left shoulder over here is uh, well, over my right shoulder and in in, in, in in real life. But over my left shoulder on the screen here is that cross, man. If you guys are faithful, continue to pray. Uh, if you're not one of those, like I said, put those positive vibes out there in the universe. Be kind to each other uh, because you don't know when today uh, uh, is going to be your last day on, on the planet. So you don't want to be remembered for something negative. Put something positive out there. Help somebody out. Do a good deed. Uh, That's going to be my final thoughts here. And if you guys have any questions about fantasy football, Smitty1.com is the place to go. Uh, And you can find my man Smitty over there all over the place. He is crushing the game right now. And you're going to sit there and you're going to kick yourself in the foot and in the butt. I don't know if you can kick yourself in the foot, but you're going to kick yourself in the butt uh, if you guys aren't checking him out, if you're doing fantasy football. So that's going to do it for us here today. We want to thank you guys for rocking out with us. We truly appreciate you guys. Prepare for glory. Anticipate pain. But always remain faithful. We're out of here, guys. Peace out. See, hey, Mike. Appreciate it.